Good morning. Cindy is a little shorter than me, so I'm just going to adjust this to my height. Right there. Let us pray. <laughs> Almighty God, we thank you for a beautiful day, a beautiful congregation, Lord. And uh, I just thank you for the honor and privilege it is to read, study, speak, preach, teach, and listen to your word. That's a, the challenge of putting it into practice. And the blessing as well. So, Lord, speak to and through me. And may your word, as always, never return void. In Jesus' name, amen. Excellent. So we are in our second, our second Sunday of, of Advent. It's a season in which we celebrate the, the arrival, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In other words, we celebrate this hope that is to arrive. So this Advent season, we're, we're, our, our current season uh, series, we're taking a look at a few songs that express and introduce us to the spirit of Advent, to the spirit of Christmas. So Christmas songs, if you will. But it's not, we're not talking about Christmas songs like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Jingle Bells. We're definitely not talking about Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Uh, I believe that one should never have been written. I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's just, this is where we preach truth, right? Just kidding. Kind of. So the, the, the scripture that was read, that, that Cindy read this morning, is one of those songs that we're going to study, that we're going to take a look at. It's one of those Christmas songs, if you will. And it's one that I believe should be on everyone's playlist if this song were to be downloaded, of course. So at the beginning of Luke's gospel, it's interesting that we find these key people just bursting out into song. It's almost like this section of the Bible of Scripture just turns into like this musical. Right? People are just bursting into song, joy, happy. They're, they're excited and they just start singing. Now, no offense to anyone in here, but I used to, used to, I used to hate musical. I used to hate them. I, I didn't understand why I'd watch a film or a play or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, people just burst into song. There's a dialogue, there's you know, character development going on, and all of a sudden they start singing. Somebody just starts singing in front of a whole bunch of people, and then the people behind him or her are just like choreographed, like singing along. And I'm just like, that's not realistic. Like, when did they practice this? They've never even met. You know, they, when did they rehearse this? This is, this is just not real to me. And then they, the song's over, and everything just continues the way it was. And the dialogue continues, the, 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 the production continues. Couldn't understand that. I couldn't understand how two rival gangs would face off against each other, right, with weapons in hand, and then they'd have a sing-off and dance-off. And then, and then they, they finish, and they're just like, they walk. And I'm like, you had, you had, dude, you had so many chances, right? I had a violent upbringing, so I'm sorry about that. I, so, but now I'm okay with musicals. I don't mind them. I actually I understand them. Okay, I get it. I get that music conveys a message that cannot be expressed any other way. I understand. I understand the power 
of music. It is powerful. My wife sang a song when we were getting married. Did you just hit my wife? My wife, my wife sang a song at our, at our wedding after she finished her vow. So, you know, she's standing on this side. I'm standing here, uh, the pastor here, everybody, beautiful congregation filled with, with, with folks. And after her vows, the pastor is about to take the mic and say, and, and you know, just take the mic and continue with the, with the ceremony. And she says, but I'm not done. There's more. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, an infomercial, right? <laughs> and so she starts singing. She belts, bursts out into song. And she's singing this Celine Dion song, I'm your lady, you are my man. I'm not going to sing it. You're welcome, right? <laughs> and, and at the time, I'm just like, wow, this is so inappropriate for the church right now. <laughs> I, was very, I was very strict back then, like extremely like, no, this is inappropriate, right? But just check this out. The song is so powerful. She sang it with so much passion, so much love for her handsome, gorgeous husband to be. <laughs> So I say some jokes, and then I say truth. That wasn't one of the jokes. <laughs> and she's singing this song. And there's people, I kid you not, and we only know this because we saw the video afterward. There's people around going like this. And she's singing this Celine Dion song to me. And they're like, mm, mm. <laughs> and I'm like, do they, do they realize that this isn't, this isn't a, a hymn or a, or a worship song? But that's the power of music. It took them, and they kind of like transported them to... They just started worshiping Jesus. And so I understand the power of music. So I want to try something. Music is, is so powerful that it can take you back to a moment in time, right? I'm going to try this with you guys. I'm two for two so far. Let's see. Finish the lyrics, right? The best part of waking up is right. Another one. I don't want to grow up. I'm a exactly. So I'm pretty sure that for some of you, for some of you, just completing or, or just hearing the jingle or, or it took you back to a moment in time. Maybe you remember the commercial or you remember what you were doing or you remember pointing at the TV and saying, I, I, I don't want to grow up, mama. I want that toy or whatever it is. You're taken back to a moment. That is the power and the impact that music can have. Now, the same can be said about taste and, and smell and aromas and things like that, but, but music is on a whole other level, right? A whole other level because you can pause, you can rewind, you can play it back, you, you can add it to your playlist, and it can temporarily, you can vibe to the music, right? You can, it can trans, uh, temporarily transport you to another era, a childhood memory of yours, or it can help push you through your current situation. And that is what, that is exactly what Zechariah's song, which was just read, that's exactly what it has done for me as I study this passage. So I'm not going to, I'm kind of taking a different approach to this. I'm not taking the song and breaking it down and talking about what each thing means theologically and everything. I kind of want to focus, because what impacted me is focusing on what was going on before, what was going on around, like the reason for this song. That is what really, truly ministered to me as well. And I want to share that with you. So. At first, so what, what is going on? Zechariah was a priest at the time. 
Luke chapter 1, verses 5 and 7, I'll summarize, says, He and his wife Elizabeth were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, it's Zechariah's turn to, to burn incense in the temple of the Lord. So then I'll read uh, Luke 1, 11 to 13, and then I'll skip down a few verses. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on, at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. And he goes on to talk a bit about John. And then verse 17, angel says, And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteousness, of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Tremendous encounter. And so in the very next verse, Zechariah shows a little bit of doubt to the angel. He shows a little bit of doubt. And in verse 19, the very next verse, the angel silenced Zechariah until the day of his son's birth. His son John, who we would come to know as John the Baptist, right? So as sort of kind of a punishment in a way, John is silenced for nine months, nine whole months. For nine months, John, uh, sorry, Zechariah, Zechariah could not speak. Can you imagine that? Not being able to speak for nine whole months. Sometimes we, we wish that on certain people, but imagine that for yourself, right? Not being able to speak. So our passage this morning, it picks up right at the moment of John's birth. In other words, at the end of Zechariah's silence, at the end of that punishment that he had. So all of a sudden, there's this burst of energy, there's this burst, burst of excitement, passion, and joy. And the Bible says that Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit. Zechariah can now speak, but he doesn't just speak. He sings. He sings, and he doesn't just sing, but he prophesies. I want to pause there for a second, because this is huge. If we back up just a little bit from this scripture, we realize that up until the time that the angel Gabriel spoke to Zechariah in the temple, up until that moment, there was 400 years of silence from God. He was not sending angels. He was not speaking through prophets. There was this long, super long period of silence. 400 years, God wasn't speaking. God was silent. So for 400 years, Zechariah and others from the lineage of David, the other priesthood, they had tended to the temple for 400 years. That's a long time of working in a temple with no sign, with no communication, and no immediate benefits, no immediate results for them to see. Zechariah's ancestors had, had served before him in the temple. They performed their religious duties for ages, and they never saw anything happen. They never saw the fruit of their labor. It's a long time. But now, all of a sudden, in this passage, those 400 years of silence is broken. 
Zechariah's nine months of silence is broken. And what a way to break that silence, right? I'm not just going to speak, I'm going to sing. Go on with your bad self, Zechariah, and you sing. And what a song to sing. He bursts out praising God. So in the, this Zechariah's song, so if you look at your Bible, right, you, you'll see there's like these, these headings, uh, Mary's song and Mary visits uh, Elizabeth. Um, and, and then it says uh, Zechariah's song. So in this Zechariah song, this section is 12 verses long. Eight out of those 12 verses are dedicated to God. The last four are dedicated to Zechariah's son, John. And, I'm, and now that we have a, a bit of context, I'm, I'm going to read it for you. Reread it for you. Verse 68, uh, Zechariah says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us. This is Jesus. This is the king. In the house of his servant David, as he said through his prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. So all these, this is all thanking God, praising God and prophesying about God and Jesus. All of a sudden, now he turns to his son and he continues, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the most high for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Wow. Now I remember when I, when I first saw my firstborn son, Isaiah. So it was an emergency situation, right? So I, I was out in the waiting room. I've got my hazmat suit on, okay? And I got these, go these like huge like goggles. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I hear the baby cry and then the doctor comes out, or the nurse comes out and says, hey, you can come in now, you can come meet your son. And I'm freaking out and I, I walk in and I walk past my wife and I just make sure that she's okay and I just said, hey, I, and I keep going because she was, she was feeling great at the time, right? She, she's not even gonna remember any of this. So I'm like, hey, you're alive, good. So you don't, you don't even know who I am right now. So I go, I go straight to, to the baby and they're like, you know, kind of cleaning them up and I'm approaching them and then I'm like, I, I gotta get my cell phone out, right? So I unzip and I, I reach down here and I take my cell phone out and I'm shaking, I'm crying. Everything's getting really foggy for me in, in those goggles. And I speak directly to my son. I'm like, hey, Isaiah, hey, I'm your daddy, it's me. And I'm crying, he's crying. And, and I guess my words really touched him. And I'm like, I'm like, welcome, welcome to the world, little buddy, I'm your dad. And I'm speaking just to him. Now, am I thankful for God? Absolutely, but in that moment, I'm just addressing my son, Zechariah. He started again by praising God. I got 12 verses. I'm going to give eight to God right now and then the last four to my son. I'm showing how thankful I am for what God has done. Zechariah, you're making me look bad. It makes, puts us all to shame, right? So, so what about his son? So John the Baptist would basically become 
Jesus is hype man. Hype man? You guys know what a hype man is? All right. I, I mean, we're from Andover. We should know about rap music, right? So, so a hype man, a hype man is a guy at a rap concert who comes out and warms up the crowd. He prepares the way for for the, the artist, the one that everybody came to see, the one that people shelled out money to see, right? Nobody pays to see a hype man. That guy just comes out to warm up the crowd and to stick around afterward, right? So the hype man will come out and say, hey, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Put your hands in the air. Hey, all the way from Sacramento. He's coming out in just a second, so put your hands in the air, right? Your cell phones and wave them from left to right. MC Heezy for Sheezy's coming out in just a second, but I need you guys to make some noise. I won't be rapping here. <laughs> so, so some of you might remember Flavor Flav, most famous hype man, the guy with the big clock, right? So he was famous for saying, yeah, boy, every time, like whenever he had a little opportunity. So the rapper would come out, the artist would come out, and he would stick around the rapper, and then everything that the rapper's saying, he would emphasize, right? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. So I see this, and I'm like, John the Baptist is Jesus' hype man. Now, I know that that's, that's kind of a silly analogy, but if you think about it, it's kind of the truth, right? He comes out and he is preparing the way for the Lord. He's prepare, preparing the way for Jesus. And he's not, it's not just his words. He's like, he preaches basically repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Kind of exactly what Jesus said, right? Very first little sermon that he said was repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So he's just preparing the way for him. So John the Baptist is Jesus' hype man, if you will. He's preparing the way for Jesus. And the reason why I mention this is because Zechariah is praising God after his son's birth for, for all of what Jesus, of what Jesus is about to become. In other words, of what God is about to do. Uh, but not just that, but he's, he's praising God as though he's celebrating Jesus' birth himself. But I, I want you to get this, because we're talking about, in this scripture, Zechariah's song comes after John the Baptist. We're not talking about Jesus' birth so much. It's alluded to, but the celebration here is you know, wow, the, the way, the, the guy who's going to prepare the way is here, yes, right? And he is celebrating as, if, as though the artist himself is here. He's bursting out, thanking God with a confidence, a confidence of what is to come. Now, didn't Zechariah, just nine months before, didn't he doubt the angel of the Lord saying, you know, this is, this is what we're going to do, Right? Your wife's going to have a child. Wasn't his silence kind of like a punishment for his doubt? Now, here's what I love for us. I would love for us to get from, from, from this here. Is that there, yes, he absolutely doubted. Yes, there was a, a, a nine-month silence because of that doubt. What I want for us to understand is that there may be seasons in your life when, when you felt like you've had enough, when you feel like, 
you don't, you're not really feeling it. You're not really feeling God's presence. You feel like as if though he's abandoned you. He's silent in your life. Now, it may not be 400 years or 40 years or four years, but it feels like that. Like God is so distant from you. Maybe you've been feeling like you're doubting. Maybe you've been doubting God's existence or that God is for you or you don't feel his presence. And so you've kind of, you're like, I don't know what my purpose is in life. Maybe you even go through life from one horrible situation, one painful situation or tragedy to the next. But I want you to get this. God's silence is never a reflection of his distance. Again, God's silence is never a reflection of his distance. He is always present. He is always working. He is always on time. He is always with you. Always. And he always holds true to his promises. Now, I just, just for fun, I looked up, because people have always said, you know how many promises are on the Bible? And they, 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 it's always in the thousands. And I was like, what is Bible Gateway? I use Bible Gateway quite a bit, and I was like, what does Bible Gateway say? And so I, I searched it. I said, how many promises in the Bible? From God to us. And Bible Gateway uh, uh, showed 5,467 promises from God to us in all of Scripture. And one of them being that he will never leave nor forsake us. And that's Deuteronomy 31.6. Can we praise God this way? Can we praise him this way? Can we burst out into song praising our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with passion, with certainty? Now, there's, there's an interesting parallel here. The very first song that you'll find in the whole entire Bible came from Moses way back in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 15. And this comes after Pharaoh and, and, and his people were chasing Moses and the Israelites. And so you remember the parting the Red Sea? Okay, a lot of us know that story. And so Moses and the Israelites cross through. They get to the other side. And then Pharaoh and his chariots are still chasing. And then the waters come crashing in. All the, all the bad guys, right, are, are destroyed very much. And so the very first song comes right after this. Moses bursts into song, praising God for helping him and the Israelites cross the Red Sea and destroying Pharaoh and his chariots and his men. This newfound freedom that those Israelites received came after, this is the parallel, 400 years of slavery to Egypt. 400 years of slavery and oppression to Egypt. Moses, Moses' song then was praising God for what God had just done, what they had just witnessed God do. Now fast forward to Zechariah's song, to today's song, and you find Zechariah praising God after 400 years of oppression from Rome, praising God for what will be done. For what will be done after years of oppression. Years of oppression from Rome. Now, What's the point of all this? I, I pray that we can be as passionately thankful as Moses was in, in, uh, in what Jesus has done in our lives. And that we never forget his blessings and his promises. And I also pray that we can be as passionately confident in what Jesus will do for us and who he is in our lives. As passionately confident as Zechariah. 
Praising God for what he's done, I, I'll dare say it's, it's easy, right? It's a little easier. Thank you, God, because, you know, you landed the plane safely, right? Thank you, Jesus. The sermon's over, right? We're, we're thankful for what he's just done. But thanking God for what, for what he is, for, for who you believe he is and what you believe he'll do, that requires a bit more faith, a bit more confidence in who he is. Okay, so Zechariah was a priest. He performed his religious duties. Now, though he believed in God and in the coming Messiah, 400 years, in the midst of 400 years, he's a, uh, towards the end of the 400 years of silence, he had a moment of doubt. He was a priest. He believed, but he had a moment of doubt. But in those nine months of silence, they didn't just give birth, they didn't just birth John the Baptist and Jesus as well, but also a transformation in Zechariah's life that took him from believing to knowing. From believing to knowing. What about you? Do you know that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he said he will do? Do you know that you've been saved by grace? Do you know that your Redeemer lives? Do you know that he is for you? Do you know that he will never leave nor forsake you? Do you know him or do you just believe in him? So Zechariah's song is powerful, very powerful. So much so that I believe I would challenge you to write it out, print it out, text it to yourself or whatever, or, and, and, and tape it to, to, the, to the mirror so you can read it every day, encouraging you, reminding you, bringing you back to his presence. Bringing you, uh, uh, sorry, to be encouraged to know that he is with you. That every time you hear or you read this verse, you're transported to another time, to the Advent season, to the promise of hope, to the promise of the coming Messiah. That every time you hear or read this, you are brought back to the spirit of Advent. And that you can be Push through a current situation that no matter where you are in your life, how dark it is, what's going on around you, that a song like this, this song, can help you, help transform you. Not so much the situation around you, but you. So I encourage you to put uh, Zechariah's song on your playlist, right? Now, what if we what if we celebrated the hope of Jesus every day? 